Hello, friends, and welcome to My Miniature Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Karf. This podcast is about all things miniature. We will explore the world of minis and all its raw talent, dedication, patience, and the new energy of this art form. Hear from miniature hobbyists and professionals from all over the world. We will gain a deeper insight into the creative processes that drive them. We will also explore what their biggest struggles are, their most devastating failures, and the most uplifting successes. I hope to encourage and inspire you in your miniature hobby, because even the ordinary become extraordinary in miniature. Hello friends, I'm back for another episode of my Miniature Obsession podcast. Well, I hope you are enjoying the start to summer. Well, I guess technically summer hasn't started, but when it gets over 40 degrees here in Wisconsin, I consider that summer. So we are, I guess I could say, enjoying the warmer weather. We have had our second camping trip under our belts now. And this year it's been really fun because we're exploring new places. So for the last eight years, we have parked our camper in a permanent site. And that's where we pretty much stayed for eight years. So it's been nice to get out and about and see new places here in Wisconsin. So when I'm not camping, I've been busy creating the fifth subscription box. So I can't believe that I the miniature subscription box is almost a year old. So with that said, please watch for an awesome giveaway that I want to do here soon to celebrate the one-year anniversary of the miniature subscription box. So I'm really excited for that. The next box will be shipping on August 5th, and that cart is now open. So if you want to find out more information, just please visit minisubscriptionbox.com for more information. A couple new things here also in my mini world are new amazing little Tupperware sets that I will have available soon in my online mic drop miniature shop. So I just love miniature like um, Tupperware and like vintage. I do have my Pyrex bowls. So I've been having fun making these Tupperware pieces. And because who didn't have a Kool-Aid container, right? A vintage Tupperware Kool-Aid container. I know we always did. And my grandma made a pitcher of Kool-Aid probably every day, if not multiple times a day. I think back at that, I'm like, that's a lot of Kool-Aid. It's a lot of sugar. But, and it always had to be green Kool-Aid because that was my grandpa's favorite. Man, I haven't had some green Kool-Aid in a while. I might have to try that again. So also coming available to the Mic Drop Miniature Shop is a paper plate press. So how this came about is one of the items in the last miniature subscription box was paper plates because it was for uh, a barbecue that we were having, miniature barbecue set. So I needed to make over 400 paper plates and... If you've ever made a paper plate, the way I've always done it is I I cut them out, the circles, or hole punch them. And then I take and I have to score each of them on like a, a circle template. And it takes a while. So I'm like 400 of these. This is going to take me forever. So my friend and I came up with these little plate formers that I created on my 3D printer. 
And I've had so many requests to sell them in my online shop that I thought that I would I would fulfill people's dreams and bring that to my on it, online shop. So watch for that soon. If you want to see what the heck I'm even talking about, you can head over to my Instagram page. I just posted a video there on how I used it. And I have to say it's pretty cool. I actually have three different styles that it will punch out, but more on that later. So you can find me on Instagram at Mike Drop Miniatures. Same on Facebook. I posted the video there as well and TikTok. So again, that is at Mike Drop Miniatures. So I also wanted to share that there is another monthly mini challenge happening in our mini district community, which is a Facebook group. So each month we have a challenge and it's just a chance to win cool prizes. You can learn some new techniques, meet some new mini friends, and just have some fun. So this month's challenge is to make a mini for the birds. Yep, that's right. It can be a birdhouse, a bird bath, bird feeder, whatever your imagination can come up with. So all you do is post a picture then of your creation inside of our miniature Facebook group, and then your name could be drawn to win some cool prizes. So and maybe creating isn't your thing. I would still um, ask you to join because you can see all the amazing projects that people have been posting. And again, you can still meet some really cool new mini friends. So that is our group on Facebook. Like I said, I um, will have a link in the show notes, but it's facebook.com slash group slash the mini district. All right, so I think that's all the housekeeping I had. So let's dive into today's episode. And I hope you enjoy my conversation with Katie. Um, One of the books, first books I've ever received when I first got back into miniatures was Katie. And I just remember reading her book and thinking how much work had to go into this book. And how cool would it be that someday if I could talk to her and meet her and that day came. I really enjoyed my conversation with Katie and I hope that you do also. So thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoy it. And as always, I can be found on social media. My handle is at Mike Drop Miniatures, or you can also find me at the mini district. So thanks for listening and I hope to hear from you soon. Hi Kate. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Pretty good over here. I was going to say, how's LA? But then I noticed you're on the East Coast and now you're back in New York. Um, I'm actually in Vermont visiting my uh, parents that just moved up here. Okay. So, but you do live in LA still. Are you back in New York? Yeah. So I'm, I'm normally based in LA, although all of my miniatures and my belongings are in storage in New York. So it's like, I'm physically in LA but my uh, footprint of belongings is New York. Well, that must be hard to have your collection not with you. Yeah, it's one of those things where uh, I try not to think about it because it makes me sad to be apart from all those minis. Um, But in about a year and a half, I would say I've amassed, uh, I don't know, probably like 200 some odd minis just by going to shows and shops out there. So the collection continues. Well, I, that was going to be one of my questions. So we might as well just ask that right away. I am curious to know, are you more of a collector? Um, do you create and 
how big is your collection? Maybe even the one in storage? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I would consider myself first and foremost, an advocate for the um, miniature arts. And um, that would be firstly, and like a, a promoter of all artists working in that space. Um, secondly, a collector. Thirdly, a curator. And every so often I'll dabble with uh, making a mini myself, but I'd much rather support an artist out there that's doing it far, far better than I ever could. Okay. So do you have like houses or is that not your thing? Uh, I don't have houses at the moment, but um, to answer your question about how many minis I have, uh, I think I would, I've had to estimate this before and I, I just, I need to get back to New York and do like an inventory count. Um, I would say it's less than 3000, but I, th I believe it's more than 2000. Like minis. individual pieces? Individual pieces. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's, a that's a big collection. That's my, that would be my rough estimate. Um, might even be under 2000, but again, it's like need to get there, get a sense. Um, you know, I have one miniature colleague at the, uh, international guild of miniature, um, Artisans. artisans and she uh barbara davis the the head of guild school uh knows exactly how many miniatures she has at all times because she's she catalogs them um and i always think back to that and the effort and the brilliance of knowing each and every one especially because they're I, I wasn't yeah. really expecting a number i was just like oh you know like a lot a range yeah yeah so no, I, would, I love I, the idea of having that <laughs> having that number up your sleeve so when you see something at a show you're like yep have to have it is there a certain thing like that you're drawn to yeah well a lot of times at shows um it's a fine line between falling in love with an object and really feeling an affinity for the artist mm -hmm. um or the seller so sometimes, you know, I, I love uh, small talk at miniature shows. So me too. He yeah. Hearing someone's story, if it's a family business, if they've inherited it, um, if they have a sense of humor, if they're warm, or even if they're flustered, if they take a moment to just chat, like, I feel like that real, that draws me in. Um, and maybe that's just general, like shopping 101, but um sometimes hearing that story or feeling really good in that moment will draw me into their work uh, and propel me to, to purchase something um, more readily than I would otherwise. But there are instances where I just fall in love with a piece or I've never seen something in mini before and I feel like I, I have to have it. I'm the same way. I just recently went to Chicago and I love talking to the artists, but there were some artists that very cold you know, didn't really want to open up. And so, yeah, I do gravitate towards those people too that open up and will. Yeah. And, that, and honestly, that's okay too. It's hard, you know, for everyone to be on all the time. Um, and you might catch someone in a good moment versus a bad, but sometimes that's just the difference that it makes. Um, and, and, you know, that's not to say like if someone um, is a mini stickler, I might still want to purchase something from them because the art is so good. So. Maybe there's having a bad moment. I know as a mom, I don't always have 100% good moments. So in your book, which I love, I have it right here. Oh, 
um, the book of mini you mentioned that you've been part of the miniature community and world for a very long time can you just tell us a little bit about that and how you got started yeah absolutely um <clears throat> so beyond collecting and making minis from a very young age um it's where all my allowance went towards for years and years and years um i've always collected uh, miniatures. There was never really a time that I wasn't drawn to small scale works of art or design. And I had a, a doll house, a physical structure for a number of years. Um, <clears throat> and through a miscommunication, it was donated while I was away at, at um, school. And um, after that, I just started collecting with a different uh, mantra, which is not necessarily to curate one space or a room or a structure. It's more just if you fall in love with the piece, it doesn't matter where it exists in your mini world, um, which has really opened up the doors for what I collect, um, you know, because it can be, can be modern or uh, more Victorian or fantasy. It's like a, a real mixed bag. Um, and so after collecting for many years and working professionally in social media and communications, um, I launched Daily Mini first on Instagram going on 10 years ago. So my 10 year anniversary will be this year, um, followed a few years later by uh, a website, a blog, a pl uh, presence on <clears throat> on Facebook and Twitter, and it really just grew from from there. So it's it started out as a way for me to share works for my collection, and then I was able to um, interview uh, miniaturists and do studio visits, um, you know, promote and feature <clears throat> gallery shows or museum exhibits. So. Um, for me, what I get out of it is I'm incredibly passionate about miniature art. It's just, I say in my book, it's a language that I've, I've always spoken and I, I can't imagine my life without miniatures. And if it was up to me, I would be in this world full time. Um, and I would just be all things mini all day, every day. That's sort of the, dr the dream one day is to pursue that career pivot where somehow I can be um, full-time in the miniature world. Well, you're off to a good start. I mean, wow, you, <laughs> I was looking at your Instagram page. For those that don't know, you highlight every day. Is it really every day? I, I didn't really look, but. It's, it's every day. Uh, the only, you know, the only exceptions have either been like family emergencies or if I'm out of the country without Wi-Fi. Wow. But there are days that I post multiple times. So That's crazy. So every day you post either, like you said, something out of your personal collection or you feature another artist in their work. Yes. Wow. That's a lot because 10 years every day. I, that's a lot. Um, do you find it hard to keep finding <clears throat> new artists? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I, uh, I'm so impressed by how many artists uh, are comfortable and confident to share their work online, um, whether it's on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, and um, that they keep up with the times in terms of evolving what 
creations they're making. So whether it's a nod to pop culture today, something more contemporary, or they're tackling a period of history that really has not been represented before in miniature. Um, so for my end, I, I never feel like I'll have a shortage. Um, it's just a matter of my, like I, I kind, I, how do I describe this? It's not, it's not the archive that um, Barbara Davis brilliantly has, but I do have a pretty good memory of what I've featured even across 10 years to know, oh my gosh, I've never featured that in miniature or okay, my feed could use, uh, could use some diversity in terms of the age of the artist, the location, the type of work, the object for scale, the color scheme, the patterns. Mm -hmm. So I try and keep that. Um, and it's on your head? Well, on it's, it's a mixed bag, but <laughs> yeah, it's uh, back in the day, I, I was able to, I mean, I probably still could like scroll all the way back to find a work because I knew exactly like the month, the week around when it was um, from. Wow. I can't barely remember yesterday and you remember <laughs> 10 years worth of content. <laughs> So you are finding the curse. <laughs> you are finding these artists mostly on social media, or are you finding them at shows too? Um, the majority it's uh, on social, but absolutely yes at shows because there are a number of artists that either um, don't have a digital presence today by virtue of a website or an online shop, let alone a social media presence. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, shows and then local uh, miniature shops. So um, I mentioned I'm in Vermont now. There's uh, the Dollhouse and Toy Museum of Vermont that is about 20 minutes from where I am. And I had the pleasure of, of uh, visiting and chatting with the owner, Jackie Morrow, about her collection and how it formed. And without going there, I wouldn't have necessarily known the breadth of the work um, just by their online presence. So mm -hmm. um, anytime I travel, I scout out miniature shops or museums or, or folks because uh, I think it's really important to be able to to see the work in person if the opportunity is there me too my husband loves it <laughs> just kidding but um yeah I do the same thing so with you traveling so much is there just a place that you love to go whether a shop or a museum that you're like everyone has to go here at one time yeah uh I mean the first uh the first place I would say without pause is our annual um, IGMA Guild School in Castine, Maine each June. On um, my to-do list to <laughs> look into that. Yes. Yeah, it's, it is really, they, you know, everyone that goes describes it as the best week of the year. And I would have to agree. It's, there's a different sort of buzz because you're creating works of art. So you're, it's like that creative fulfillment. Uh, it's like, being, you know, the first week of school or something, that buzz of excitement. Um, so you're scratching that creative itch, you're learning new um, techniques and tricks of the trade, but you're also really pushing yourself, you know, there's homework. Uh, so it's, you have to have this discipline and this rigor to be able um, to finish out the week, but then you're greeted with, by old friends and new, and it's, such a gorgeous time of the year in coastal Maine. Um, there's lectures and uh, workshops uh, each night. There's a, a, an evening where you can shop 
um, the wares of artisans and fellows that are attending school, um, which is really great. It's like uh, a limited run of work that only, uh, you know, 200 some odd people get to shop um, versus thousands at a show. Um, so, so without fail, uh, guild school. And then I think the, um, the guild show uh, each year in the fall is also phenomenal. That's in September, usually um, in Connecticut. Um, and that's for East Coasters. I think Tom Bishop's Chicago International is cannot be missed. Um, Did you and go this year? I wasn't able to go this year, but um, having gone in years past, it's just, I mean, there's too much to see in an exciting way where you feel like uh, you have to keep going, even if you're exhausted day one. Um, and yeah. then just being in Chicago, this city with such rich miniature history, the museums there, um, the Art Institute, the Museum of Science and Industry, um, uh, Colleen Moore's um, Fairy Castle that's that's at the MSI. Um, it's it's really, I think, an extraordinary miniature city. And to go um, to go and and be able to shop as well is is really something else. And there's such an international presence there. Yes. Yeah, um, I loved it this year. So funny thing about Chicago, my husband's surprising me with a birthday trip there this summer. And so my first question was, well, I've always wanted to go visit the Thorn Rooms. And so he's like, okay, he knew it was coming, right? Have to go see some type of minis. So if I only have, can you hit up one out of the three that you just mentioned, would you do the Art Institute? I think I would. I think the Thorn Rooms, um, if you've yet to see them in person, they're pretty life-changing because they're, I, I mean, I think what the, the Kupchak family was able to do remains to be the best of the best. Okay. Um, like their use of light and also that it's, they're really artfully curated where some rooms like kitchens might have as much, I, I mentioned this in my book, like up to 200 miniatures. Others are more, um, minimally curated but just as powerful scenes um I would say yes if you can um absolutely uh and then um there is one other museum I'm not remembering the name now that has miniature works in Chicago I'll see if it comes back to me okay I didn't I didn't realize there were so many I thought I only had the one option but now <laughs> I may have four. Oh no <laughs> So, and then the same question for shows. I know you mentioned Tom Bishop. Is there any other shows? I know that yeah. Vegas one that's kind of close to you. Will you be going there in February? I'm, I'm going to try, you know, whenever being on the West Coast, I want to, to try my hand at a number of these different um, shows. I was able to go to the San Diego uh, mini club show in February, which was lovely. I feel like it was such a great family event. Um, and just fun. It was like a really fun show. Um, I love the Philadelphia Miniaturia in um, the fall each year. That's also a, a family run show that's got a great uh, mix of different artists and, and types of work. Mm -hmm. um, the, Guild, the Guild show in Connecticut, there's, there's smaller New Jersey um, shows as well in central New Jersey. And then there's um, 
Good Sam out in, I believe it's San Jose. <sighs> I mean, at the end of the day, if there is a miniature show, store, museum, club, or artist in your area, reach out to that, to that person, that business, and go because there could be something that you see there, a person that you meet that changes, ultimately pivots the type of work that you're interested in making, or it just completely, you know, alters your perception of what miniature art can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, a, and a lot of the, the brick and mortar shops, um, you know, with every passing year, the trend has been that there are less and less, which is a difficult um, truth. So if there's one locally, go and support it and, you know, hear that, that shop owner's story. Um, what got them into the business? Chances are probably in the late seventies or eighties, uh, as when, when it ramped up. Um, but yeah, I have, I, I would say I have a love for all, all many things everywhere without yeah. exception. I see miniatures and I'm like, yep, gotta go. I was actually <laughs> in Hobby Lobby and I saw a sign. Do you like miniatures? And it was like, screaming at me like yes so of course I had to go up to it and there's a local club here like 10 miles from my house so I think if you you may not even know about these little local clubs so really explore maybe hang a sign up at your Michaels or your 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 craft stores and just see if you can even start one because yeah I met some amazing ladies we just had Christmas in May where we all made each other things and we do projects it's so much fun yeah, that's a, that's actually a great idea. I hadn't thought about um, hadn't thought about putting up a sign like that in LA, but I know there are certainly a number of uh, many artists that are uh, in the industry, whether recreating works for TV film or or um, publication. But even just a local club, I think, would be so fun, um, and it would remove any excuse that I've had all this time to not make minis. So. So yeah, that brings up a good um, question about being in LA and New York. What is the scene like? Is it mostly film? Like you, are you just bombarded by people who do miniatures because of the TV and movie industry? I think it's it it feels different um, than New York. Maybe in a I was gonna say in a grander scale. Um, I think it might be a mix of some of these artists are uh, professionally in film and TV. So whether as um, set designers or set dressers or, uh, you know, fashion designers or um, videographers, they're in this world already uh, and or they get into minis, whatever that order is. A lot of what I've seen in LA has really blown my socks off and I didn't expect that because I always thought of New York as this, um, you know, sort of untouchable, unmatchable arts and cultural scene, which is inclusive of of miniature art. Um, But there are, I mean, there's masters out in LA and um, the work just kind of has this, I'm thinking of like a a few artists in particular, I think um, it draws you in. It can be thrilling. 
And it can also be over the top, but successfully over the top. Um, Do you actually get to see it in the works like that? Yes. Yes. So maybe I need to move to LA. Um, (laughs) So you do have some amazing videos for those that don't know on your website. And I'll leave all the links so everyone can find you. But so those videos you have on your website are those ones from like LA, like movie scenes? So I have um, on my site, my, my last chapter of uh, the book of mini was all uh, virtual content. So I wanted to um, help get readers both off the page and um, able to search for other miniature art that they loved. But it was also a way to feature a number of artists that maybe are slightly smaller, work slightly smaller or larger than 112 scale. Um, and then I wanted to represent, there's this whole, you know, mini cooking scene of real food out there. Um, so that's represented as well on my site. But um, yeah, I think it's a mixed bag of artists from, from all over, I would say that final chapter. I got a real kitchen to cook mini food and I've cooked in it twice. It's just, <laughs> I just need to make the time, but it's so much fun. So I did see you have, is it the tiny kitchen video? Yes. Yeah, so she's based in LA or that? Yes, that team is based out of LA, the Taste Made team. Um, so they've got like the hands of the tiny kitchen and then the recipe team, as well as a pretty, I think a pretty extensive production team. So where can you, is it still on TV? I think it was on, was it on Netflix? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head where to watch other than there's a, a wealth of content on their YouTube and then on their social feeds. So tiny kitchen um, or Tastemade's tiny kitchen. And then for a while there, Netflix had like three miniature shows and it was like, awesome. Oh, yes. Get it. Yeah. I hope there's, there's more uh, mini content coming out. Um, I was just going to say, in addition to tiny kitchen, there's a lot of countries where they will, um, artists of that particular um, region of the world will create um, local uh, and um, local dishes from their culture or region. So there's a mini kitchen out of Turkey. Um, there's one out of Japan. There's one out of Korea. There's one out of India. Um, but those are pretty incredible too, because uh, it's just, how do, how do I say this? I think you and I would be delighted to see um, a miniature burger coming to life, you know, a hundred times, but maybe by the a hundred and first time we want to see a different cuisine. And um, it's pretty remarkable that it's like proof that this miniature through line exists beyond um in between uh time zones and cultures yeah so yeah have you ever been to japan or like anything over there to see uh, their miniature world top of my list (laughs) yeah i what is it the brand remnant yes remnant yeah like i you can hardly find those anymore to purchase or at least i can unless you're spending a lot of money but i just had that thought the other day like Oh, to go visit over there and just to see their miniature world would be amazing. Yeah, to go with an empty suitcase. Yes. <laughs> and a fat wallet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when do you think you'll do that? I'm so jealous. Uh, my hope is, I mean, it's really, it, 
it feels like it's next on my um, list of big trips. I would hope by next year, but if not the following, um, but it's, it, it's, you know, being in LA, it feels uh, more feasible, closer. Mm -hmm. Same with like a trip to Hawaii, not necessarily for minis, but just because it's right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would want to actively research um, and get in touch with the Japanese miniature guild uh, to sort of know like where to go and to have a few days dedicated just for that. So are you hiring an assistant at all? Maybe <laughs> no. I could send you my resume. <laughs> no, I wish, but but let me just say like, just I, I, uh, I wanna look back on this conversation in a few years and be able to say to myself like, oh, look, Kate, you were able to pivot full-time into miniatures because I can't keep thinking this year after year after year and not do something about it, you know? What were you, what would your dream be in the world, in the miniature world? Oh, uh, I would absolutely still want to promote the artists. Um, so to tell their stories in a um, responsible way. Um, I've always wanted to create um, a book of fiction, children's books, like a series that has miniatures as like a through line. Um, yeah. And then perhaps, you know, a museum, I think I'm getting close, to, <laughs> getting close to that and maybe a shop, like, you know, this, this, um, miniature museum in Vermont, in Bennington, Vermont, the owner transformed her parents' house into this space because the house itself uh, lent itself and looked like a Victorian dollhouse. Um, but it started as her collection and then it grew. And I mean, the idea of just visiting one room or one space that's filled with miniatures every day, like that makes my heart sing. I would love I would love that. I think that's the dream, whether it's your, your studio slash gallery slash museum. Sounds wonderful. And you could do yeah. the museum and the shop all in one, one rooms, the shop come by. Yeah. I mean, getting, getting close to making that move. I, I, I just want to put together like a five-year plan and be able to artfully make that pivot. Cause it, it's important to me. And, um, at the end of the day, we should all be doing something that we love, that we get meaning from, and that makes us, you know, it, it keeps us inspired and makes us really happy. That's why um, I'm here. That's why I do these podcasts. I mean, I'm not, I don't get paid for these. I just find the conversation <laughs> about minis so fascinating and to meet people and just talk minis is wonderful. So I totally, totally understand that. Where would you do it? LA? New York, maybe in between, so I'm close. <laughs> By coastal. I love, I mean, I there's something I love. Um, and this was a this is like a concept that came up with one of my collaborators a few years ago of a mini museum <clears throat> that's like a structure about the height and width of a room box, um, such as the Thorn Rooms, but that is a rotating exhibit. But I almost like the idea of having 
like having this rotating space where I, I know I'm going to come across like a traveling salesman um, or saleswoman, but like to be able to take it on the road. So maybe there is one brick and mortar store, but maybe then I can. Maybe you can just, have a bus. Like, yeah. You ever remember the bookmobiles? I don't know if you had those where you were, but. I'm just we picturing have- the scholastic um, story, the school bus. What is, <laughs> what is that? The, Oh, oh, the magic school bus. Yes. That's what I'm picturing, but this it's was, the mini school bus. This was a big bus and it was colorful, or at least I remember it being colorful. And you walked in and it was filled with books. And I loved it as a kid. And I think I still love bookstores, but um, maybe that will you do that for miniatures. I love that. My first, my first thought instead of a bus was like hitching some sort of trailer to a motorcycle and just taking it around the country. And then like the trailer, like literally transforms into a dresser or something that has all the minis there. Um, but I love the idea of taking it on the road because, um, you know, well in it, in the digital age, uh, or the, you know, the, the economy culture that we're living in, you, it's hard to expect folks to come to you versus taking it and it it lends itself to travel it's Mm -hmm. you know uh small scale art and then you get to meet all different types of people as you go and um just sort of spread the word about minis across the U.S. and the world I mean sounds like a pretty good idea I don't know what the (laughs) what the monetization (laughs) plan of that is but I like like what what we're getting at here. I'll make sure to move that to your top of your list because I yeah. can't wait to see what you do with it. <laughs> so how long did it take you to write this book? There's a lot of information in this little book. There, oh, there is. Um, I had about five months since um, working with the team at Black Dog and Leventhal. So it was about five months to get that first uh quote unquote, final draft over. It wasn't final. How do I, to get everything over, um, which was a bit of a condensed timeline. Um, so, but I, I mean, I had definitely been thinking about a book for a number of years, but then when you chat with a team to see what's feasible. Um, and for me, the one thing I was most excited about was the um, miniature book inside yeah. of the book. I was going to ask you, were they like, you want a what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that and then the the virtual chapter just to keep people so it's not just the static experience where you read it you close the book it's more like it propels you online to research the artists and maybe find a local shop um yeah the mini book that I mean that to me um you know you asked when we when I first joined um what would I consider myself a collector curator maker that to me is a, a miniature that I made with the, the help of the team, but that's probably what I'm most proud of. Um, you made all the books? Well, in terms of like creating the actual um, okay. layout and designing it and um, wow. yeah, amazing. selecting like a, a good mix of, of artists represented in the full scale book. That's awesome, I love it. So any more books in your future? hopefully a children's book. Um, that's really, that feels like something that has also just been on the list, whatever that 
virtual list is as like a goal um or a book of uh of fiction um but for minis I don't know it took a lot out of me um although I would say it was so much fun to make and it could not have been uh made it was not possible without the support of all the artists represented and many more that at the end were not included um in in this book um you know it was a a collaborative curation effort with my editor and it was that was the hardest part is not being able to represent you know everyone that I spoke to um yeah, yeah most most proud of that little book and the book itself yes it's awesome I love reading this book I've had it for a while so and I will leave the links for that too well so anything else you want to share with us I love the conversation and meeting yeah you. yeah sure um the only thing I'll make mention of um besides uh again saying that um if you're not already part of a miniature club or community you know, check out one locally, um, as well as feel free to look into um, IGMA, the International Guild of Miniature Artisans and NAME, the um, National Association of Miniature Enthusiasts. Um, but the uh, other mention I was going to make is um, just of the second season of Best in Miniature coming out. Yeah, okay. um, that was one of my questions. So how can one in the US watch it? Yeah, it's a good question. So um, I had the pleasure of consulting with the um, team on the first season, and one of, that was one of the questions that kept circulating is understanding, you know, will it be uh, open to those not in the UK or Canada, and is there a way to watch? Um, the short answer is not at this time. However, um, I know there were a few folks that were able to watch it by I don't even necessarily know the process, but it's um, by downloading like like the 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 app in that particular region, and then sort of like changing your IP address. I don't want to promote that. I would love to not promote that. Um, I think we just in the U.S. we have to be patient because these things take time. Um, you know, whether it's shopping around a show in a different geolocation um, or just allowing it to garner attention organically in that region and then waiting a little bit, a couple of seasons before it comes to the U.S. I have been patient, but when the more people talk about it, like I, this one person I follow, he, he wants to be on the next season. So he, you know, watch for this, watch for that. I'm like, I want to watch it, but I'm being patient. Just, it's really hard. I know it is hard. Um, I wish I had a better answer, but um, yeah, respectfully, you know, for all the effort that the production team has put um, into this process, I think we just, we have to be a little bit patient and see um, and just enjoy every clip that is posted online. And once it comes to the States, you know, we can all have viewing parties. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there. So will you be going to IGMA this year? Um, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to be, and I'm so close to it now in Vermont, only a few hours. Um, I don't, I want to say I don't know yet. It's, I've got like two, two and a half, three weeks to figure that out. Um, so we'll see being, 
so far away now, pretty much exactly the furthest distance I can be LA, LA to coastal mm-hmm. Maine. Um, it's made it harder than just hopping on a motorcycle and riding up from New York, which I've done in years past. I think that actually, after talking with you, that moved to the top of my to-do list. So I'm going to get on that today and get it all figured out. Yeah. And for those that are based around and near uh, Maine, there is a public uh, exhibition held at the Guild School every year. So um, during the time that students are creating work, there's existing um, works on display in the gallery. And it is unbelievable, like no exhibition I've ever seen before. It's really like the best of the best work, a mix of every student that's there and the instructors. Um, It's pretty phenomenal. It's open to the public that whole week. Um, So that's just another plug to get up there, even if you're not at school. So yes, I definitely am going to move that to the top of my list and hopefully you'll be there motorcycle or by plane. Well, thank you again for joining me today. I appreciate it. And I really enjoyed our conversation. I can't wait to see what's in store for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing what's next in this miniature world of ours. And um, for anyone tuning in, if you'd ever like to collaborate or just chat about miniatures, feel free to reach out to me. I'm I'm always um, excited to to take the call and, and, and chat. So thanks again. Thanks, Kate. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.